Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Brian Davis here with the Austin American Statesman, Hookum.com, and here with the fellas. Wednesday morning, this is after last night's open practice at Royal Memorial Stadium. The Horns were out there for about two hours, a typical practice session quite frankly, from what we normally see. Nothing too out of the ordinary. About 2,000 people we counted, uh, not individually, of course, but about 2,000 uh, was what we sort of figured were crammed in on the west side. And uh, good temperatures, good crowd, a decent atmosphere. But was it a good team? Let's <laughs> throw that out to the fellas. And uh, whoever wants to pick it up and go here, uh, what did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? I've seen crisper practices. I'll say that it they just didn't look real sharp. Uh, I guess my big takeaway is that they really didn't pass the eyeball test. Uh, you know, they do maybe physically. You know, we're right up there in the south end zone, and we're watching a lot of the offensive linemen work, and and they pass the eyeball test. It's it's a a good looking physical offensive line group. However, when you got four freshmen in the two deep in your offensive line, two in the, as the starters, Devin Campbell and Kelvin Banks, and two more on the second team, it gets a little dicey. But uh, I would say, you know, the offensive linemen uh, looking at least the part, and then the quarterbacks wildly inconsistent, throwing a lot of picks neither one looking sharp and neither one looking like it taking control of the job. I was there to see Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card and was disappointed. Um, I thought we'd get more. I know it's a practice and I know it's one practice out of a month's worth, but I just didn't see anyone take that ball and run with it and, and be the, be the guy leading in the clubhouse. I don't know who they're going to start. I, I'm still going to say it's yours, but he did nothing on Wednesday night to convince me or anyone else that he's the clear choice. The one thing, and we, Danny and I noticed this early on, when when Quinn Ewers missed on a big throw, those 2,000 people were like, oh, I mean, it was audible. Oh. But when Hudson Card made a good throw for a touchdown, it was polite applause. I really believe that they want, yeah, I believe they want Quinn Ewers to be the quarterback, the people who were there. And so uh, I don't think he did anything to to distinguish himself from Hudson Card, who, if I had to pick, was the sharper of the two yesterday. And that's not saying much. I think, um, you know, if you went into this, if you're a Texas fan and you went to, went into this practice thinking Hudson Card should be the starting quarterback, you left thinking Hudson Card should be the starting quarterback, and it really had nothing to do with what Hudson did. If you went into that practice thinking Quinn Ewers should be the starting quarterback, you left thinking Quinn Ewers should be the starting quarterback, and it had nothing to do with what Quinn did. Both quarterbacks were inconsistent, but to their credit, or I guess as an excuse for them, I mean, 
this was a vanilla practice. Steve went into it saying that it was going to be a vanilla practice. They were without two of their top four running backs because Roshan's hurt and Jonathan Brooks was sick. I think at one point their searching running back was a for the 11 on 11 was a walk on. Um, arguably, two of their top four receivers weren't available yesterday because Isaiah Nayer's uh, out for the season. And then, um, you know, Ajay Hall is obviously suspended right now. So it, it was a vanilla practice with not a full squad. Who knows what this offense is going to look like in whatever it is, 17, 18 days, as opposed to actually down down in the season. But obviously it wasn't one of those things where everyone left being, okay, this is a 12-0 team. How dare the AP admit this squad from its preseason poll? But at the same time, it's also not something I don't think anyone should be overreacting or freaking out about. It was a vanilla practice with some uh, ups and some downs. I mean, there were some highlights we definitely can talk to, but there was definitely some – um shaky moments so brian bring yeah. the sunshine <laughs> well let's let's talk i want to talk about what i focused on most of the night was the offensive line as you guys know this is this is the bone that i'm chewing on for the whole month uh <laughs> because i think that's i think it's the, so important for the future of the program and i thought it was really interesting two things number one uh we saw junior angular <laughs> and isaiah Nayor out there last night uh, in practice jerseys and pants and both had uh, uh, giant braces on their injured leg. We, we learned we learned on Monday that both blew out their ACLs in Saturday scrimmage. They'll be gone for the season. But to see both of those guys out there helping and coaching, especially Angulau, I, I just thought that was a huge, uh, a huge thing for their character to be out there and, and still being an a, a active participant uh, with what's going on while they kind of wait for the swelling to go down and wait for their surgery. That said, um, to me, uh, I was watching that first team offensive line, uh, Banks and, and Campbell, two freshmen, two of the seven highly touted freshmen were out there in the, in the uh, what would be the first team unit, uh, Christian Jones at right tackle. Um, you know, it, it, it needs to be set up front that Kyle Flood is cross-training all these guys and that he is mixing and matching uh, different players, uh, possibly on different days of practice. But um, I still believe that Kelvin Banks needs to win that left tackle job for the sake of the personnel across the board. Um, he's the guy you want there. Get him out there, get him playing. And for Campbell, uh, if he could play that guard spot, that would be terrific. And you want an angle out at that other guard spot. Uh, so there, there's some questions there. But to see the two freshmen, uh, to me, uh, in that thing was it was a big, big positive. Look, I you know I'm not I'm not a betting man, or I don't know exactly. I'm not in these rooms with uh, Steve and those coaches, but I feel very confident uh, saying Mr. Kelvin Banks will be the left tackle in that opener, and DJ Campbell will be lined up at that uh, one of those two guards those two guard spots. I feel pretty confident with that. Uh, I agree. Two weeks of practice. <laughs> I agree. And like you said, didn't you guys think they looked the part, the old linemen? They don't look like, you know, big, sloppy, fat right. freshmen that can't move around. They, I thought they really did pass the eyeball test, and they're going to just get better and better. They're going to be growing pains, clearly. But uh, I don't know. What do you guys think of the receivers? Danny, you mentioned the two that are out. And Troll Miri didn't run any of the routes. He was out there. and and suited up, but uh, I don't know if he caught a pass. He wasn't running routes and in, in any of the drills for the two hours. So 
you know, and I know they're probably bringing him along slowly. They don't want to, you know, run the risk of, of losing him long-term, but I don't know what y'all's degree of faith in this wide receiver. I mean, Xavier Worthy is one of the best in the country. I think Jordan Whittington is as well. If he stays on the field. Uh, but after that, you know, Tariq Milton, he's supposed to be a backup slot to Jordan, but I think he brings a lot of value. And then you got some of these freshmen, what, what y'all's confidence level in the receivers, Cedric? Um, I know Danny wrote about Casey, Casey Crane, um, who's wearing a green jersey, but looked really good. I, I mean, like him. I like big him. And he, and he was catching it with his hands and not letting it get into his chest. And um, he was a guy who stuck out. Um, Jordan Whittington looked really good. Yeah, he, he is. Good. Had a nice, had a nice catch um, in the end zone where he high pointed the ball and reached over a, a cornerback mm-hmm. to catch it. So, not 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 as worried about the receivers after watching them. I'm more worried about the guys throwing them the ball. And um, the offensive line did look the part, but they're going up against the defense that was, yeah, a couple. You know, not good last year. I'm going to tell you though, a couple of times, the the those uh, interior guys, uh, Snacks Coburn and and uh, Broughton, those guys uh, were getting a push, and they were really bothering. Uh, those young quarterbacks. So um, it remains to be seen if they get a pass rush. That is a big if. They can get a pass rush, a semblance of a pass rush, and um, and not not have to force PK's hand into blitzing too much against quality quarterbacks. I think it'll be an improved defense. But um, I, do, I do think that the receivers, uh, without Isaiah Nayar, I did account for themselves really well. Uh, X-Man looked really good. He looked really good, particularly after the catch. And Whittington, big question mark, can Jordan Whittington stay healthy? That's every, that's every year we ask the same question. If, he can, if Jordan Whittington plays 12 games and X plays 12 games, um, I think the Longhorns will be okay. I don't think they're going to be great but unless these quarterbacks, you know, just show <clears throat> that we haven't seen yet. But I know a lot of the onus – is going to be on Bijan Robinson, who I will probably shut down for the rest of the month. Actually, real, real, yeah, real, real quick on the on the on the receivers, uh, Brennan Thompson. I, I looked. I wanted to look at this just so I have it right. They've got him listed at 5'11", uh, 162. I didn't put my glasses on. One sixty two, I believe, is what that says. Yeah, um, he's, he's a little small. bitty dude. He's, he's a little him. bitty dude. And, I met him. And, I met him at the state track meet. I did a column on him. Mm-hmm. He's not five eleven. And so not, the not. way that they the way they did a drill, you you guys, this it happened right in front of us. Thompson goes up and catches the ball, makes a catch, uh, but he gets tied up with the defenders. Yes, it was a touchdown catch, uh, but he got up and slowly, gingerly, had to walk off the field. And I got to tell you guys, that that's my worry with him. Uh, yes, incredible speed. Uh, get him in the open field and look out. But is this guy with that frame durable enough to go 12 games at this level? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to predict. I mean, but I like him and Savion Red and Casey mm-hmm. Kane, as, as Danny mentioned. Uh, Danny, do you think these freshmen are, make a big impact this fall at receiver? I mean, I don't think they have a choice. They're going to need to. Um, I actually kind of disagree a little bit with what said. I, I did not think the wide receivers looked that good yesterday. 
I thought there were a lot of drops. Um, There's one segment of practice where Quinn looked terrible. He was thrown into the the media session, but he was also looking terrible because his receivers were a bunch of walk-ons and guys who aren't going to contribute. There was one pick where his receiver just flat out fell. And so Quinn threw this through this spot there except for a defender. And so, you know, some of those quarterback issues that we talked about were not necessarily on Hudson, not necessarily on Quinn. It was because of the receivers were dropping. I mean, Brennan um, had two really bad drops in front of our section, but he also was electric and that young man can fly. I mean, he is so fast. I, I think that's a, you know, I think number 11, you know, people associate that with Sam, but I think people are going to fall in love with that number as long as he's wearing it at, at Texas. But these young guys, there's going to be growing pains, but, you know, as Brennan, as Casey Kane, who didn't play at all last season, um, but is going to be redshirt, soft, redshirt freshman this year, as Savion Red, as those guys kind of get through their growing pains and get through this non-conference schedule, I think they're going to contribute. And, you know, you do have two foundational pieces with, you know, Xavier and Jordan. And if those two can lead the way and you get a Tariq Milton, who's a sixth-year senior, who's seen plenty of football at Iowa State, those guys can step up. And whenever Jai Hall gets reinstated into this team, I mean, this is a fine receiving core. It may not be one of the best in the nation, but this is something for whoever the quarterback is that they can work with. And it's only going to get better as these younger pieces mature and get used to college football. And we hadn't mentioned the tight ends, so I'm high on. I know Sed gives me grief about it, but Jatavian Sanders, a freakish athlete. You know, we always talked about him. Should he be an edge rusher? But they've kind of made up their minds on him, put him at tight end. I think he's going to have a big year. I don't know if any three knuckleheads agree with me or not, but I look for big things from Jatavian Sanders. The last time a tight end had a big year at Texas. Come on, Doug. No, that means it's not going to happen. Don't drink that Kool-Aid. They don't throw the tight ends. They may they have to, the way the wide receivers keep they going throw down. to them in Alabama, and they don't throw to them in Texas. You know, uh, no, they did. be a glorified that. blocker. He might catch 15 passes this year. He's not going to have a big year. When's the last time a true freshman tight end had a big year anywhere? Stop. Well, he's not a true freshman anymore. Oh, wait. Oh, that's right. Because he didn't play last year. He's not going to play. He's just a – He's, he's, he's a guy who should be playing defensive end. Sorry. Real quick, let's talk about the defense. Uh, you know, you got to say fans up front, uh, right up front, it's – you should understand if you've never been to one of these open practices, it's, it, it is sometimes difficult to gauge the defense because they, they aren't allowed to tackle all the way to the ground. Um, there's there's more air on the side of caution with that. Um but we saw DeMarvion Overshone out there mixing it up with B. John Robinson and some one-on-one drills. Uh, we, we saw several defensive linemen out there making pushes during inside drill. Um, you know, I, guys, I think we all sort of expect the Byron Murphys, the Javondre Sweats, uh, Coburn, uh, Ojimos of the world um, to, to really – they got to lead the thing up front, it seems to me. Um, we're all still waiting on Alfred Collins to make a big push. Uh, but – I, I really feel like defensively, guys, if this defensive line can't kind of lead the way, I, I think they might have a hard time. They're the most <clears> – <throat> excuse me. They're the most experienced crew. I mean, a bunch of juniors and seniors, and we're waiting. And I, and I think I think this is now or never for those guys. And you know how easy they could make it on the corner on the corners and the safeties? 
you know, as much maligned linebackers, if they could get a push up front and, and be disruptive, uh, I, I'm, I've been waiting. We, and let's just all say it. We've been patiently waiting, along with the fans, for these guys to grow into themselves. Alfred Collins had that great bowl game as a freshman, and we were like, okay, he's got star potential. And we just haven't seen that level from him since. And so Snacks, Coburn, is is a is a space eater and he's a disruptor, but we don't see it on a consistent basis. And if, uh, if those guys can, can just find it, and, and there were times, and there were times when they, when when I saw them get that push on Wednesday, I mean on Tuesday, and I thought, okay, they're going to need this, but once again. You're only as good as your pass rusher. I know the big uglies in the middle are really important, but if you don't have that athlete on the edge where they have to account for him on every passing play, you're just not going to be able to get it done. And they've got to find that. And hopefully PK has an ace up his sleeve. We don't want to see these guys giving up 425 yards a game. We don't want to see that. We're the media and we don't want to see it. We want to see them giving up 350, 340. That's going to put them in the mix in the Big 12 because the Big 12 is largely a an offensive conference still. I think Overshone might be that edge rusher secret weapon that leads them in sacks this year because he's got the speed and we'll see if he's got the instincts to do that. But, uh, but edge rusher – Boy, it's not far behind the offensive line and quarterback as far as question marks on this team. I think on the list of things I cared about yesterday, defense was 20 spots below the last thing on that list just because it doesn't matter. Nothing we saw yesterday in practice matters until um, September 3rd. I mean, what we need to see this defense doing, if they did that in practice, hit a quarterback, you know, hit number five, we, we'd be seeing them running laps instead of actually practicing. So, um, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're getting lots of good reps in practice and in film session and the coaches know what they have with, with those guys. And you know, a lot of those, you know, guys are vets and they have experience. So you hope that plays into it, but it really doesn't matter with the defense until that first game against ULM and then obviously Alabama the week after. So, We'll see what we need to see um, in September. What happened during a random Tuesday night in August just doesn't matter. And like we said, we really couldn't see that much anyway just because of where we're situated. And the practices that we do go to, they're on the complete opposite end of the field, and that's fine. It just doesn't matter until September. That's true. Five, that five is- did look good. I mean. Five looked good. We haven't talked about five. He looked great. Shake. <clears throat> I saw, uh, he looked good in, in blocking drill against Agent Zero. Um, he's, he's looking physical. He's looking thick, and he's looking fast. They're going to put a lot on his shoulders, and I just I just hope that he's able to have a healthy junior year so he can be a first round pick in the draft. They need more players. Like look good. The kicking game. And I think uh, Texas kickers had a little bit of a rough day yesterday. Obviously, the ones they have there, our guy Dicker, the kicker, got waved um, by the Rams, which was unfortunate for you know those fans, including those us in the media who who like that young man and are hoping he can find a home in the league. I guess he can come home to the Cowboys. No said was suggesting that uh, yesterday in the in the stands, but 
it's gonna be interesting to see what they do if um you know Bert Auburn Bert Auburn or Will Stone from uh, up the road at Regents can't get that job done. I mean, we don't we made fun of Tom a lot because of his binder and his refusal to kick field goals. But if what we've seen over the spring and kind of yesterday is a trend, you know, we may see a lot more fourth downs um, than uh, Texas fans would uh, would prefer just because uh, that was a, that was a little bit of a struggle yesterday at practice. And it wasn't, um, you know, Will wasn't here during the spring, but you know, Bert wasn't overly impressive in the in the spring game either. So there's a little bit of concern there. But once again, it's August. We'll see what happens in September. But that's that's something I noticed. I do miss the binder. I, I do. I miss I miss binder comedy. I, that, <laughs> that's what I miss the most is the binder comedy. Low uh, comedy. Low comedy. Exactly. All right. Look, before we wrap this thing up here, guys, let me ask you this. Granted, it was one practice in the middle of August, but we've seen a couple of these windows now. Hey, yesterday, we got to see the whole thing. Um, here we are today as we record this. It is August 17th. Have you seen anything that dramatically alters your opinion of what this team can or can't do uh, going forward based on what you thought let's say at big 12 media day. I've been, I've been on them as an eight and four team and um, I'm worried. And I was telling Kirk yesterday uh, when I gave him a ride, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to write something positive and going, but I don't see it. I don't see it. And I'm, and I'm wondering if from being too negative, uh, I was on big 12, Radio and Sirius, uh, radio, radio and Dusty Dvorak and Gabe Icard goes, well, said you just sound so negative. And I go, I'm just telling you what I've been seeing. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they go nine and three. I hope that they challenge for a Big 12 championship. But for the little snippets that I've seen four or five times over the last month, I, I, I just I just don't see them being a player in the big 12 this year. I just don't. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think they're trending downward uh, since the spring for several reasons. The injuries, you know, being one of the primary ones, you know, they lost two really big keys to this team. And then the second thing is that we don't know, like Danny said, we don't know about the defense, but we know they can't rank a hundredth in the nation and be a good team. And then thirdly, the turnovers with the quarterbacks. I just, I thought they'd look crisper, a little more polished. The fact they threw so many interceptions yesterday and they had three interceptions in the scrimmage that Sark mentioned on Monday, just that's a, that's a bad trend, you know, and and a lot of these are managed drills, you know, there's no pass rush, you know, there's no heat on the, on the quarterback. So I just, you know, maybe maybe something clicks these next two weeks, and uh, then you have the youth of the freshmen up front too. So, I don't know. I, I just think it's kind of trending downward for me at this point, unless we see a change in the next couple of weeks. Danny, my opinion has changed absolutely none. Um, I don't think this is a. I don't think a single one of us is going to pick ULM to beat them. In September 3rd, I don't think a single one of us is going to pick them to beat Alabama on September 10th. So that's, and I still think they're better than UTSA. So regardless, I still think they are a two and one team 
after non-conference. And then you hope, if you're a Texas fan, that those young players, the young offensive linemen, those young receivers, and whoever the quarterback is can use that um, non-conference schedule to grow up and to get better and to just get ready for conference play. And um, if I thought that those young guys would need to step up and produce beforehand, I still believe that. And so I'm not really going to change my opinion based off practice just because I think that game, those game reps are just more important. And, you know, if they come out and look terrible in those first three games, then I guess I'm going to be incorrect. It's happened before, but I feel that, you know, until those first three games happen, my opinion is going to be the exact same. I still think they're going to be two and one after those first three games, regardless of what happens, unless more injuries happen. Obviously those injuries aren't ideal, but I, my opinion is still the exact same. And that, and that's where I'm at right now, two and one team going to Lubbock and then we'll, and then we'll find out for real uh, where, where, where things are. Um, we are running out, we're running out of time here on, on this thing. Anything else you guys want to hammer home? Tomorrow's another day. I want to put this out there. I want them to win. I do. We're journalists. We don't, we don't want to cover. We, we, crappy, do. we don't want to cover crappy football this year. We all do. We don't. We 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 like Steve Sarkeesian. Um, we the little general Gary Patterson spoke to us yesterday from the end zone. We like the staff is fine. They've recruited well. We just we we would like for them to win because I don't want to see the look on Danny Davis's face. We're at the Alamo Bowl. I just don't want to go through that. And I know Chastity doesn't want to go through that. And oh, I know Chuck doesn't want to go through that. Bowl game is progress. <laughs> Any bowl game. Wow. That <laughs> hits hard. hard. That hits hard. It does hit hard. Texas Bowl, would it be progress at this point? Good point. Good point. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's some positivity we should end on for today. Uh, remember, you can catch all of this at hook'em.com, part of the statesman.com. Go on there, check it all out, subscribe. You actually would might enjoy it, believe it or not. Uh, for And right here, for, <laughs> make sure you check out Kirk and Sen's podcast on Second Thought every week where you get your favorite podcast. But for right now, that's going to be it. For Danny, Kirk, Cedric, and myself, we will talk to you next time.